Somebody give him a praise in this house. Whoa! Somebody give him a praise in this place. Woo! I feel something stirring in this place tonight. Woo! High five about eight people on the way to your seat. Tell him if you don't want it, I'll take what God gave to you tonight. Woo! I'll take a double portion. <laughs> Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday night? Clap your hands one more time and give God a great praise. You can be seated for just a few moments. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And what a privilege it is to be able to feel the moving of his presence like we feel it in this house tonight. Amen. We are so grateful tonight. I want to say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Can you help me one more time, Rock Church? Come on, I want you to help me make some Holy Ghost crazy noise. And let's let all of our guests know what a privilege it is to have them here in the house of the Lord with us tonight. We are so grateful that you took time out of your Tuesday night to be with us. And it's an honor to have you here. For those that have joined us on our live stream tonight, we're grateful that you took time to connect and uh, be a part of what the Lord is doing in this house tonight. Amen. So wonderful to look out and to see uh, a whole bunch of Sister Mandy Jones' family with us tonight. Would you help me put your hands together and welcome them into the house of the Lord. We are so grateful for what the Lord is doing. How many of you thankful for what God did this past week? I'm telling you, the Lord has been doing some incredible, incredible things. You may remember me mentioning, uh, but last month we uh, had a team of people from our campus in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, that went to the town of Jeremy, Haiti, and they uh, actually, what happened is we held a kind of a, a conference, and we uh, in, were inviting different people and ministers from other churches to come and be a part, and a pastor of a church in Jeremy, Haiti, came to the conference and received the revelation of the oneness of God, Jesus' name, baptism. So we baptized him in Jesus' name. He received the gift of the Holy Ghost, went back and converted the entire church. Went back and converted the entire church. Now there's another brand new work in Jeremy, Haiti, another apostolic church. Oh, we ought to give God some praise for that tonight. <laughs> and this past week, a team of folks from our, our church in Port-au-Prince went to Jeremy, uh, and Pastor Sennett went there to do some preaching and teaching. And while they were there this past week, seven more people were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! And so we're grateful for that. And then uh, this past Sunday morning, uh, right here, the Holy Ghost moved in such a powerful way. And when we were done around here, uh, a young lady by the name of Latonya was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday. 
Woo! Revival's not coming, revival's here. Amen. And uh, what, what a privilege it is to be in the middle of all that the Lord is doing. And one of the exciting things happening around us, uh, as many of you know, it was so good to look up tonight and see Pastor and First Lady Parker and some of the great saints from Calvary Apostolic Church in Bradenton walk into the house of the Lord tonight to join us for service. And if you're not aware, just really just several weeks ago, they held their very first church service. And from that time till now, God has already been doing some mind-blowing things. Many people already baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. They've got some of their brand new folks with them here tonight. I want Pastor Parker to just come and greet the house tonight. Come on, give us a little word of testimony, Brother Parker. Ain't God good? All the time. We moved to Bradenton, Florida, got there in September, and we came here several times, and on November the 8th, we had our first official service. And since then, we've baptized seven in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Five have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. November the 23rd, Brother Raul Alviar Jr. was in service with us this Monday night after he was here. And Brother Leo and Brother Donnelly came down and was in church with us. And Brother Williams, Brother Alviar, as he always does, preaching on faith. I had a man on crutches that in the middle of the sermon came down and prayed for. He didn't get his healing that night, but I'll tell you what he did get. He got a good dose of the Holy Ghost. That day, my son had went to Tractor Supply. Now, we're having church called Church Share, and there's six sanctuaries on this property, and we have one that'll seat about 70, we have three that'll seat 50, one will seat 120, one will seat 500, so I'm kind of in the middle. We, want, we started to start out with a small one, seat 40 or 50, and but we, it just didn't, didn't sit well with me, just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable in it, so Went ahead, took the step, took the medium-sized one. And that, that Monday, my son called me. He said, Dad, I feel like we need a, a baptismal, some way to baptize people. And I had said, well, if we need, we can go down to the Gulf. And well, nobody really want to. You got to catch them in the moment. You know, you got you to gotta catch them when they're ready. Between here and that drive, they may figure out, huh, that water's going to be cold. But, uh. This is an $8 million facility. I mean, it's huge, massive. It looks like a park. It's beautiful. Not one baptistry in $8 million worth of architect. And I went to the landowner and I said, where's the baptistry? He said, oh, we, we just use the gulf if somebody wants to be baptized. I began to understand he wasn't really all that sold out on baptism. And I said, I got to have something. He said, well, if you, if you get to where you need one, he said, I'll build you one. And so I'm going to get him to build me one. But we went and got a stock tank in faith. 
that Monday. We brought it and set it behind the church and filled it up with cold water. This man on crutches, I taught the Sunday before on my Redeemer lives. Taught on Jesus' name, baptism, repentance, and the filling of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I want to be baptized tonight. And I said, well, it's your lucky night. See, we got a, we got a tank out here that's full of water. Brother Donnelly was praying with him there at the front pew and began to talk about being baptized. Brother Donnelly began to minister to him. Brother Donnelly, it was my great honor that my first saint in Bradenton, Missouri, to be baptized was baptized by you. He baptized four that night. Three received the Holy Ghost. Three are coming faithfully to the house of God. <laughs> Since then, we baptized three more. Two are here tonight. Sister Lana's working down in Naples and she said, I need a place to go to church. I said, well, I got a place. It ain't that far. And she'll be working in Fort Myers. So she said, well, I'll go. I said, we'll meet you. We'll come go to church with you. And, uh, but I'm thankful for what God is doing. If I would have known that it was going to be this much fun, I'd have done it a long time ago. Everybody says, ain't it stressful? Ain't it, you know, ain't it this? Ain't it that? Let me tell you something. When you're walking in the presence of God, Sunday night we had a blowout. Tongues and interpretations. The anointing of God. No preaching, but the presence of God visited us. Brother Williams, November the 8th, our first official service. We had a few services on Sunday mornings before that. Outside under the pavilion, introduction to Sunday school, trying to show Moms and dads, what we're going to do in Sunday school, what your children are going to see. There has not been one service since we had our first one in September that the anointing of God has not settled in that place. There were services, it was just me and my family, but God visited us there and the anointing of the Holy Ghost came and encouraged and uplifted I don't have any sad stories. Everything is, let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. If you're looking for your calling in living for God, I've been in church all my life. 42 years I've been raised on a pew. The age of 35, knowing that I had a ministry, knowing that I had a calling, Sitting on a pew, working 10, 12-hour days. And Brother Williams, I'd go to God in prayer. And what's my purpose in your kingdom? Went through Hope Corps, realized my, my calling was to be a soul winner. Never really dreamed at that point that I'd go start a work. And if you're looking for your purpose, your purpose is to win souls. Everyone here is a soul winner. Every day you pass 
lost and broken humanity. <laughs> it's not bad people. It's just broken humanity, fallen humanity. Let's win the lost. Whatever the cost, 24-7, Brother Leo, search and rescue, whatever it takes. We love you. Thank you for, for being an inspiration and encouragement. Thank you, Brother Williams, for sending your people down to help us on that Monday night. Brother Leo, and they just did what they do here. They got in there and prayed through people with the Holy Ghost. Love you. Thank you. Jesus. Whoa, let's give God praise for what he's doing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on, if you thank God for all of his wonderful blessings and miracles, stand to your feet and give God another hand clap of praise tonight. Woo, grab your Bibles. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord. Book of 1 Peter chapter number 5 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me tonight. The past several Tuesday nights, we have been in the middle of a series of lessons about the enemies of your soul. And we have studied the primary enemy of our soul, which is the flesh. Tell your neighbor the flesh. And we have studied the second enemy of the soul, which is the world. Tell your enemy. Your, your <laughs> Don't look to the left or the right right now. I just, I just caused some marital problems right there. Tell your neighbor. Tell him the world is your enemy. And tonight we want to study the third final enemy of the soul, and that is the devil. And I, I, I'm not going to be able to finish this lesson tonight. We'll finish it up next Tuesday. But tonight we're going to take a look at this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 and verse number 9. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, tell your neighbor, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Let's put our Bibles down in one more time. Let's give God a great praise for victory in this house tonight. Come on, if you've got victory tonight, give God a great praise. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom the Lord hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Woo. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. In examining the enemies of the soul, it is imperative tonight that we take a few moments to study Satan. For what more vicious enemy could anyone encounter 
than the devil himself. Satan not only wages personal attacks against us, but he also works through the other two enemies of the soul, the world and the flesh. Satan is a fallen angel, and he knows his destiny. And now he seeks to destroy everyone that he can. Satan and his angels will have the lake of fire as their final place of portion. Read for me Matthew chapter 25, verse number 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The everlasting fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. How many of you understand that if you go to hell, you're going to hell against the will of God because hell was not created for you? Hell was not designed uh, for you. Uh, it was designed for the enemy, uh, for the devil uh, and his angels. Uh, but I've got some news for the devil tonight. Uh, you can tell hell uh, that I ain't coming. I said I'm not coming. Uh, Oh, I just need a few witnesses in the building. Uh, I was on my way there, uh, but I served uh, an address change uh, notification uh, to Satan and hell uh, that I'm not going there. If you go to hell, you go there as an intruder to a place that wasn't designed for you. Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. Why would you go to hell where you're not even welcome when there's a God in heaven that has prepared a place for you? Tell your neighbor, I'm on my way to heaven and I won't turn back. Woo, that hit somebody right there. I ain't turning back. I'm in the right direction now. I got some revelation now. I've got the truth now. I've got some deliverance now. I've been baptized in his name now. I received the Holy Ghost now. I'm on my way to heaven and I won't turn back. Read Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. His future is sealed in a lake of fire. And Satan is devious and vicious in his attacks against the saints of God. The devil is our enemy, and in the flesh, we are no match for him. But the Holy Ghost in us is greater than he that is in the world. Anybody remember last week's lesson? Read 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 4 like your pants are on fire. Come on. Ye are of God, little children. <laughs> and have overcome them because and greater. have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he 
that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he uh, that is in you uh, than he uh, that is in uh, the world. Uh, before I go any further tonight, uh, I just want to remind somebody uh, that we've already got the victory uh, over the devil tonight. Uh, we're not preaching this lesson uh, to glorify him, uh, to give him free press, uh, but I came tonight uh, to jerk the cover uh, off of the enemy. Uh, I came tonight uh, to pull the covers back. One place in the Bible says that there's going to come a day uh, when we look narrowly upon him. Oh, that means we're going to look down on him uh, and we're going to say, is this the one? Hold up a second. This guy right here is the one that caused nations. To, this is the one uh, that, that, that caused me so much uh, trouble. Uh, Pastor Parker, if I would have known now, uh, if I would have known then uh, what I know, I would have never let him bother me uh, the way he's been bothering me. Uh, I'd have never believed the stuff uh, that he told me. Uh, come on, you got to get a revelation right now uh, about who he uh, really is. Uh, the devil is... Uh, He's, tell your neighbor he's defeated. He's defeated, he's defeated, he's defeated. In the beginning, God creates Lucifer as an angel. But he rebels against God and leads other angels into his error. And so God then casts him out of heaven and into the earth where he now works against the kingdom of God. Read for me Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12 through 15. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaketh in the nations? Read it like you're preaching. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Listen I, to him. I will exalt my throne above the heavens. I will exalt my everything about him uh, is prideful uh, and it's lifted up. Read. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Uh -huh. I will sit up also upon the mount of the congregation in yeah. the sides of the north. Uh -huh. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Yes. I will be like the most high. Uh-huh. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the... Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the side of the pit. God said, I'm going to take you out. In all of your efforts to exalt yourself, I'm going to bring you down. Read for me Luke chapter 10, verse number 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning... Falling from heaven. I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven. John chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are a father of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He abode not in the truth. That tells me he had truth, but he didn't stay in it. The next time the devil comes messing with you,
and trying to tell you what a poor Christian you are and how bad you are and how what a horrible job you're doing. You need to remind him that he backslid when he had a place in heaven and there wasn't even a devil to tempt him. You need to let him know I'll outserve God over you any day. Oh, yeah. I'm in the house of the Lord giving God the praise while you're on your way to a lake of fire. He abode not in the truth. He abode not in the truth. Read 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so it is the prophetic declaration of God that Satan's future is predestined to end in a lake of fire. And if you're going to successfully live for God, there are some things that you must recognize concerning this enemy of your soul. And the word of the Lord gives us some things that Satan is. Ask your neighbor, what is Satan? Now that seems like an improper question, like it should be asked, who is Satan? But before you understand who he is, you first have to understand what he is. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. There are nine things that the scripture tells us Satan is. Our adversary uses every method that he can to try and destroy the children of God. Matthew chapter 4 and verse Number three uh, tells us, uh, number one, that he is the tempter. Somebody shout the tempter. Read Matthew 4 and 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. If you're going to make it living for God, you've got to recognize that the enemy of your soul is a tempter. He operates uh, through temptation. And he will never tempt you in areas that do not tempt you. That's profound, isn't it? <laughs> if Satan wants to tempt me, if you want to tempt me to eat, don't come to me with, fried onions, and liver. I ain't tempted. <laughs> if you want to tempt me to eat, don't come with a taco piled with jalapenos. See, I, some of y'all think I'm talking false doctrine right now. I'm not tempted. But Satan knows about them Krispy Kreme donuts. Hold on, I, I felt a connection in the Holy Ghost. In the house. He knows about them. He knows about Sister Sloss banana pudding. He, he, he knows about, about uh, Brother Leo's carne asada. 
And, 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 and Satan will never tempt you in areas that do not affect you. But that's why you have to understand yourself and understand that there are going to be moments when he appeals to the temptation of your flesh. He is a tempter. He is constantly going to be looking for opportunities to present things in your life that appeal to areas of attraction and vulnerability that are in your life. I just feel like saying this tonight. If you ever hear that, that, that Bishop Williams ran off with another lady, pray for me. By the grace and the mercy of God, that never happens. Pray for me. But if you ever hear I ran off with another man, the devil is a liar. <laughs> I'm just trying to help communicate to somebody. You've got to beware uh, of some of the things that the enemy's going to do uh, to try to find you. He's not going to tempt you in areas that, that, that you're not tempted in. John chapter 8 verse 44 tells us that Satan is a liar. He is a liar. Read for me. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning yeah. and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Yes. For he is a liar and the father of it. He is a liar and the father of it. Uh, anytime Satan's mouth uh, is moving, uh, it is a lie. Uh, there is no truth in it. Uh, it is full of deception. Uh, that's why you have to be careful uh, about the voices uh, that you entertain uh, in your life. Uh, if they are under the influence uh, of demonic uh, presence uh, if they are under the influence uh, of carnal control uh, it will be a voice uh, of deception he's a liar Satan's a liar now you got to remember I feel like stopping here for a moment you got to remember that a lie is only a good lie if it has some truth in it a partial truth is a complete lie Ooh, it got quiet in here. I said a partial, there is no such thing as a white lie. A partial truth is a complete lie. That's what he did in the book of Genesis. Did not God say, and he grabbed some element of truth, and it became the camouflage for the deception. And so... I don't want to get stuck here. That's why it is imperative as an apostolic Christian uh, that you are praying in the Holy Ghost uh, so that you have discernment. You cannot have discernment uh, without praying uh, in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to get bogged down here. Tell your neighbor he's a liar. Number three, if you're taking notes, the word of the Lord tells us in the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 8 through 11, uh, I don't have time to read all of this, but he is an uh, accuser. 
Read the book of Job when you get home when the Lord uh, is speaking uh, with Satan who has come to and fro. He said, as thou considered my servant Job, there's none like him in all the earth. One that feareth God escheweth evil. And while he is commending the character of Job, uh, Satan begins uh, to slander and accuse Job. Uh, the only reason he lives for you uh, is because you've blessed him. Uh, the only reason he lives for you uh, is you've given him good health. Uh, the only reason uh, he began to question uh, the motives uh, of Job. Uh, the only reason why uh, is because. Uh, the only reason why uh, is this. Uh, he is the accuser uh, of the brethren. And here's what Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 through 10 says. Read for me. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil. Yes. And Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Yes. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. The accuser of who? Of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Day and night, uh, Satan is working, uh, accusing the brethren, uh, questioning the motive, uh, working uh, his deception. That's why you got to be careful uh, not to become an accuser. Because you sit in the seat uh, of Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren. Be careful uh, when you begin to lay accusation uh, against your brother uh, and your sister. That's Satan's job. Don't leave the devil unemployed by making accusations. Ooh, it's quiet in here. He is the accuser. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, if you're taking notes, number 4, he is a hinderer. He will try and stop you from doing whatever it is that God has for you to do. Read 1 Thessalonians 2 and 18. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. But Satan hindered us. I was trying to get there, but he kept trying to stop me. Is there anybody in the building uh, that knows what it's like uh, to feel like something uh, is hindering you? Uh, have you ever just been trying to live for God uh, and it feels like there's stumbling blocks in the way and pressure? Uh, try, no, I guess none of y'all, just me. Uh, ever wondered why? Uh, it just seemed like I can barely even make it uh, to the house of the Lord uh, and, and everything I'm trying to do. Uh, there's some distraction. Uh, some, don't you just discount that uh, as life uh, because he is uh, a hinderer. Uh, that's why you got to get a revelation in your mind uh, that I will not be hindered. Uh, and when I understand uh, that I've got something to do uh, for God uh, and I've got somewhere to be uh, and I've got something to accomplish, uh, whenever I feel resistance, uh, I immediately know uh, that the enemy is at work uh, and I get a bold 
boldness and a determination that says he will not hinder me. When Satan gets in front of you and tries to stop you, you need to do what Jesus did. When Peter stood and tried to stop what God was trying to accomplish, get thee behind me, Satan. Oh, I wish I had a few apostolics in the building with some boldness tonight uh, that understand you've got Holy Ghost uh, authority uh, when you speak uh, and when the hinderer uh, comes into your life uh, you got to learn to take dominion uh, you've got to learn to take authority and let hell know uh, I will not uh, be stopped uh, I will pray uh, I will make it to the house of God uh, I will come on somebody uh, you've got to understand uh, that he is a hinderer, but no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. He's going to launch the attack. He's going to put the distraction there, but it will not prosper against you. Somebody shout, he's a hinderer. He's a hinderer. If you're taking notes, write this down, number five. John chapter 8, verse number 44. Some of these we've read already, but for the sake of redundancy and teaching and pedagogy tonight, we're going to read them again. John 8 and 44 declares that he is a murderer. He is a murderer. Why do you think that abortion has run so rampant in our world and in our country? And the spirit of this age that is given way to the will of Satan. He's always been a murderer. He's always been a murderer. King Herod wanted to kill all the little babies. He's always been a murderer. My God, I feel something right there. I got my foot on a devil's neck. It used to be preventative, and then it was first term, then it was second term, then it's somewhere in the third term, then it's, then it's right before full term. Now they can kill the baby at full term, and there is legislation being passed for post-birth murder. Some of us better quit quit wasting our time with all the stupid stuff that's distracting us uh, and start getting in tune uh, with the world that we're living in uh, and understand we better get to doing something uh, for God uh, because it's not very long from now uh, they're going to start passing laws uh, that that baby is alive for so many days uh, and you get to decide whether or not it remains uh, alive. Uh, he is a murderer. And what happens in the physical is indicative of the spiritual. Read for me 1 Thessalonians 2 and 18. I'm sorry. John 8, 44. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was, that's good. He was a murderer from the beginning. He knew that God said in the day that you eat of the tree, thou shalt surely die. 
And from the very beginning, his intention uh, was to kill. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus said it like this. Uh, the thief comes uh, to steal, uh, to kill, uh, and to destroy. Uh, but I have come uh, that you might have life uh, and that you might have it uh, more uh, abundantly. Uh, Satan says death, uh, but God says life. Uh, Satan says it's over. Uh, God said it's just beginning. Uh, Satan says uh, it's too late. Uh, God said I'm the one uh, that holds your time uh, in my hands. Uh, he's a murderer, uh, but God uh, is a life giver. <laughs> the characteristic of Satan, the enemy of your soul, is to destroy you. You think... You think you're just messing around out there in the world. I, I, I can two-time God a little bit here and, and experiment a little bit. I, I'm still going to church, I'm still, but, I, but I'm going to go out here and kind of experiment uh, out in the world. Uh, and, and, and you think everything's just honky-dory, uh, but you don't even understand. You are operating in blind foolishness uh, that Satan has set traps, uh, and he has one goal in mind, uh, and that is to destroy you, uh, to kill you, uh, to murder you uh, before you ever have a chance to repent. Uh, before you ever have a chance uh, to get back to an altar of repentance. He is a murderer. Read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He is a murderer. Number six, if you're taking notes, write this down. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number four tells us that he is the God of this world. He is the embodiment of everything that this world stands for. That's why God's word teaches the doctrine of holiness and sanctification. Come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. The Bible tells us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Why? Because they are the definition. Satan is the embodiment of things that are in the world. He is the God of this World, Read for me 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so as the God of this world, his primary objective is to blind the minds of people so that they cannot receive this glorious gospel. You ever tried to preach the gospel to somebody and it was like a death stare? It was just blank. It was just distraction. Brother Donnelly, you know what I'm talking about. It's right there. Can't you see it? Don't you see what God's wanting? And then somehow they can't. What's going on? Their minds have been blinded by the God of this world. Number seven, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14 tells us that he is the deceiver. He is the deceiver. Read for me. And Adam was not deceived, 
But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. I'm not even going to go down that road. Y'all can discuss that theology when you get home. <laughs> he is a deceiver. Read Revelation 12 and 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He deceiveth the whole world. Read chapter 20, uh, verse number 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Before the millennial reign, it said that God locks up the deceiver. Read verse number 8. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. He's then released to deceive the nations. Read verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which where the beast and the false prophet are. The and devil that deceived them. You have got to be on guard in your walk uh, that you are not uh, deceived. My God, I wish somebody would hear me tonight. Uh, Satan works through deception. He paints pictures that will make you think are real. And they are not. He will paint facades. He will position scenarios that cause you to think about things a certain way when they are no more than a deception. They are caused to get you angry. They are caused to get you bitter. They are caused to get you tripped up. Uh, they are caused to get you discouraged. Uh, they are caused uh, to somehow tap in uh, to the base emotions uh, of your flesh. Uh, but somewhere, uh, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, God will give you discernment. Uh, and sometimes uh, there'll be something going on uh, and the Holy Ghost will talk to you and you'll get a revelation and say, not today, devil. Uh, not today, devil. Uh, I see exactly uh, what you're trying to do. Uh, you're trying to divide and conquer. Uh, you're trying to deceive. Uh, you're trying to come on, somebody. Uh, if you're going to make it living for God, uh, you have to identify uh, the enemy of your soul uh, as a uh, deceiver. He's a deceiver. Number eight, I don't have time to read all of these scriptures tonight. Number eight. You're taking notes, write this down. First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 calls him our adversary. Read for me. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He is an adversary. He is not a neutral party. He is not an inactive member of the opposite team. He is adversarial. That means that he is constantly hunting and looking for opportunities to take you out. He is an adversary. Number nine, Psalm chapter 17, verse number four. David tells us that he is a destroyer. He's a destroyer. Read for me. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. He wants to destroy whatever it is that he touches. 
when he was cast from heaven into the earth. Bible says, we, we were talking about this in, in, our, in our leadership meeting, doing some Q&A around the fire last night. And we were talking about the pre-edemic time in Gen right after Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God doesn't create anything in chaos. But the very next verse says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And later on in all of the scriptures we read, when Satan was cast into the earth, he is a destroyer. When his presence is introduced into any situation, it brings chaos. It brings confusion. As a matter of fact, one of the ways you will always know that Satan is at work is when confusion is in play. God said that he is not the author of confusion. And when you sense confusion starting to happen, you better know you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but you're wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. He is a destroyer. And then there are some other terms that the word of the Lord uses that are synonymous with the devil. And I want to take a look at, at those tonight. Isaiah chapter 14, <clears throat> verse number 12, calls him Lucifer. Read for me. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nation? When you are reading about Lucifer, you are reading about the devil. The scripture also calls him a dragon. Read Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And the great dragon, somebody say dragon, was cast out, that old serpent. In Genesis, we find him as a serpent, and he deceives Eve, and Adam falls. But by the time we find him at the end of humanity's existence, he is no longer just a serpent, but he has grown into a dragon of destruction. He is the dragon. Luke chapter 10, verse number 18, says that, his name is Satan. Read for me. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I beheld Satan. Satan is synonymous with the devil. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 3, calls him the serpent. Read. But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled through Eve, through his Subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I, I like this scripture because we, we often look at Genesis 1 uh, and 2 and 3 and, and, and we shake our head and say, oh, come on, what a dumb move. Can't you see what's going on, Eve? Can't you see what's going on, Adam? Oh, man, look, look at them. But the apostle Paul said, I fear and he is writing to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church was a learned church. 
They were part of the upper echelon of society. And they were used to, to, to great teaching and the philosophies of, of Aristotle and some of the great philosophers of the day. And, and, and they were wise. And, they were, uh, and he said, I'm afraid that by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so shall your minds be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. We've got to be on guard. We've got to be vigilant. Or you'll find yourself so far away from the truth in God and wonder, how did I ever get here? He is the serpent. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 calls him the adversary. We've already read that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on from that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11 describes him as the devil. If you're writing notes, write this down. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 16 calls him the wicked one. Read that one for me. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All the fiery darts of the wicked. And if you read it in most other transliterations, it says the wicked one. And then there are some things, and this is where I'm going to start making my landing tonight. So music, just come and, and, and give them some hope. Then there are some things that the Bible says Satan is like. Some comparisons that the word of the Lord uses for us to learn about the adversary or the enemy of our soul. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 says that he is like a lion. We already read that, but it says he goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is an imposter. I said he is an imposter. He goes about as a roaring lion. But Genesis chapter 42 prophesies and says that Judah is a lion's whelp. And then in Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 5, we find the Lord, our Savior, and it says, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he wants to roar and posture himself like a lion. He is a predator. You've heard me say this before, but I feel to say it tonight. When I first started learning how to hunt predators, it's my favorite kind of hunting. Something about hunting the hunter. The first thing they started teaching me was that the best way to attract a predator was to use a distress signal, the sound of wounded prey. There's nothing that will get the attention of a predator like the sound of a wounded prey. And so we'd go out in the middle of a field with our binoculars and there would be nothing. And we'd set an electronic call that would mimic the sound of a wounded rabbit. That's an exact call if you were wondering. Exact sound. Look it up when you get home. It really is. 
My wife's like, and you'll be sitting there, nothing. And, and as that sound starts to go, all of a sudden, from a mile away, I'll see little pointy ears start bobbing up through the field. And here comes a coyote. He's had his ears tuned. And he heard the sound of wounded prey. And from a, over a mile away, he'll come running full speed looking for that opportunity at wounded prey. And the Bible says that Satan goes about as a roaring lion doing what? Seeking whom he may devour. And you want to know what he's attracted to? The sound of wounded prey. There's nothing that attracts a demonic attack like a saint of God that's walking around wounded. Like a saint of God that walks around complaining and murmuring and bitter and angry. There's nothing that attracts demonic attacks like a wounded spirit. And the moment a saint of God begins to demonstrate behavior of a wounded prey, all of a sudden, the enemy sees an opportunity. He's a predator. He starts looking for this weak spot. Okay, how do I take advantage of this moment? That's why uh, when I'm going through an attack, uh, that's why when I'm going through a struggle, uh, I don't come into the house of God uh, with my head hanging down and sit on a pew and pout uh, and, 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 and sit there with my head hanging down. Uh, why? Uh, because there are demons uh, that are watching your behavior. Uh, there are demonic forces uh, that are observing your behavior. Uh, and when they see you uh, in that posture uh, of vulnerability and wounded, uh, it attracts uh, predatory attacks. Uh, that's why the Bible says uh, to shout uh, unto God. But it didn't just say to shout. It gave us a particular kind of shout. Shout with a voice of triumph. My God, if you're going to learn how to be victorious over the enemy of your soul, you're going to have to learn how to deal with predatory behavior. I'm not giving the devil one opportunity. Come on. You got to learn not to let the devil see you sweat it. You got to learn not to let. You better believe he's watching. It's been a long time since they worshiped. I ain't seen them dancing. I ain't seen them praying. I haven't seen them. No, no, devil. When I come into the house of God, it's game on, devil. I want the devil to know I'm not on your menu. I'm not one of your targets. I'm not simple prey. You will not take advantage of me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. You've got to learn how to come into the house of God. My God, living for God ain't about you. In myself, I don't have the power. In myself, I don't have what it takes. But I'm not living this life by myself. It's the Holy Ghost working through me. It's the fire of God working in me. 
And when I come to the house of God, I want Satan to know I've got victory. I've got dominion. I've got, come on, rejoice. Micah 7 and 8, rejoice not against me, oh, mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. You want to know what one of the characteristics is of God's people? It's not that we never stumble. It's not that we don't fall. It's that when we fall, we get right back up again. We stand, my God. I feel like somebody on this Tuesday night, you've been laying down long enough. You've been sitting down long enough. But tonight, you got to let your adversary know, I'm getting up from here. I'm not going to lay down while you destroy my life. I'm not going to lay here while you ruin my relationships. Come on, somebody. I've got victory in Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody ought to just go ahead and throw your hands in the air tonight and declare, I've got victory over the adversary. I've got victory over the adversary. Come on, right where you're standing tonight. I dare you to lift your voice. Somebody let hell know tonight I've got victory in this place. Come on. Come on, you're victorious over the lion. You're victorious over the liar. You're victorious over the deceiver. You're victorious over the wicked one. Serpent. You're victorious over the dragon. Square your shoulders and march into the enemy's camp. 